Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also catch us anywhere you get to favorite podcast. Just search The Rob O'Donnell Show, whatever platform you use for podcasts. It'll come up, you download it, listen whenever you want to listen. It's just like that. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Well, how's everybody's Friday doing this Friday, September 29th, 2023? September's almost over. 3.09 here in the station in Pittston. 65 degrees and cloudy. And illegal migrants are still crossing the unsecure border at will down at the southern border. And it's it's amazing to watch these clown show representatives in, in Washington complain that, uh, you know, so anyone like Elon Musk is down at the border, you know, checking it out, looking at it. He He's moved his company to Texas. He has an invested interest. He has billions of dollars invested in Texas. Why wouldn't he go down or why shouldn't he? I implore everyone if they have the opportunity to go down near the border. I've been down there myself personally. I actually posted some pictures of myself at the border today because, um, you know, you have to call out wrong when you see it. There were migrants running across the border, avoiding a border patrol agent on an ATV. This has been on social media. And, uh, you know, it looks like he attempts to draw his weapon at one point. It scares the person back. But then they just run around him, climb the fence, and they're, they're gone. And there's, there's a few dozen doing this. And the post is attributed to, uh, look how porous our borders is. Well, the post is actually from the Mexican side of the border. Now, they are entering San Diego County there. That is down by Borderfield State Park is on our side of the border. But that was a Mexican authority official that was there attempting to stop them on an ATV. He was by himself. But, um, you know, there's enough going on there where we don't have to misrepresent what's going on there. So when you say, oh, look at our Border Patrol, they're not able to do anything. Well, that wasn't our Border Patrol. And there's, uh, there's actually three fences there if, you've, if you go there. And, and what I did is I posted on my, on my Twitter, you know, that post showing that these people running around the Mexican border official and entering the United States down in, in San Diego County at the beach. And this is a – you've probably seen pictures of it where the border wall goes right into the ocean. The, 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 the fence goes right into the ocean out a couple hundred yards. And uh, I've been there. I've been there several times. It was porous then, not as bad as it was now, but when I was there, we saw migrants attempting to enter, and Border Patrol on horseback were there within seconds to repel them, to go send them back. Uh, They never got in contact with them. The migrants turned around before they ever put their feet on land and uh, ran the other way back into Mexico because the Border Patrol there was, was actually doing what they're doing. Now, they're saying now that there's not a single Border Patrol agent that's actually guarding our border in a place like um, Texas, El Eagle Pass, Texas. They are all processing paperwork. There's no one left to secure our border, which is why the Texas Department of Public Safety has agents down there because they don't process individuals. They are there for the protection of Texas. Um, and then when the border agents do go down there, there are pictures now, and actually I have a friend who's a reporter, Jamie Tear, that who's down there now, who covered uh, Elon Musk being down there. And anyone who brings attention to the border and show what's going on should be complimented. And again, every, every, I implore anyone, if you have the opportunity, go down there and see for yourself what's going on. It's, it's a mess. It truly is.
But it's Friday. We try and keep Fridays a little light. There's a lot going on today for a Friday. Um, the budget vote. Now, there, there were some key votes yesterday that haven't been done in a very long time. As a matter of fact, in our lifetime, where three appropriation bills were actually passed in the House to fund Homeland Security, veterans, and uh, some defense spending. And again, those types of bills, which is the way it should work, appropriation bills, to fund about 70% of the government passed yesterday. But they still need to fund 100% of the government. They still needed a stopgap continuing resolution, which there was a bunch of compromise today, but 21 hardliner Republicans voted with the Democrats against Speaker McCarthy's bill because even though it included funding for border security, it did not suspend funding for Ukraine. So they voted against it. And it looks like we're headed towards a government shutdown. We're going to talk about a little bit about that later. Yesterday after the show, uh, I did attend Officer Christopher Mackey of the Wilkes-Barre Township Police Department's fundraiser at Skateaway. It was a great event. A lot of people there. Good news coverage. I'm glad the, the media was there to cover it. And it was good to find out. As soon as I showed up, they, they said hello to me and they said, you know, we just had a trucker pull off 81, Interstate 81, and said, hey, I just heard this on the radio I wanted to stop by, make a donation. You know, I got to head back out on the road. So that's what the radio is about. And I appreciate if you're the trucker, that if you're still listening today, thank you for that. Thank you for taking your time to pull off the highway and, and supporting one of our own who, again, when you call 911, will come running without, uh, without question. I had some time to speak to Christopher Mackey. He's in great spirits. Just wants to serve his community again. He's lost 80 pounds. He wasn't able to walk for a long time, but he was up on his feet. Uh, you could tell he's been through the ringer with the weight loss and such, but um, he was in great spirits, great attitude towards law enforcement, towards policing, towards the community. And you know what? His health, in our discussions, and I'm sure it's paramount, but his health and what's happening to him was secondary to him wanting to be back out there to serve the community, and that really uh, really took me. And uh, it, was, it was an honor to meet him and spend some time with him and, and his chief and his officers that were out there. Um, some officers from the surrounding communities were there for support. It was a good time. They, they had a, you know, stuffed animals for the kids' T-shirts. I appreciate them for the challenge coin in the, the Wilkes-Barre Township polo shirt myself. You know, I was able to donate some money myself by a sign that's in my office now. Um, you know, that's what it's about. You want to talk about community and police relationships, this is where it starts. It's a two-way street. We also had uh, earlier this week this uh, Wilkes University Kisses to Cancer 5K, which is taking place on Saturday. So if you're not doing anything this Saturday, September 30th, 2023, I know the race begins at 9, but the sign-ups begin at 7. You can head over to Wilkes University. It's being hosted by the Wilkes Veteran Council and Air Force ROTC will be co-hosting the Kisses to Cancer 5K. An inspiration of one of their own, Major Candace Adams Ismorel, Wilkes-Bear graduate, Wilkes University graduate and uh, Air Force commissioned officer from their detachment who bravely battled cancer until passing away in 2016. So if you're not doing anything or you just want to go out and support this great event, head over to Wilkes University for this 5K on Saturday. Again, the race starts at 9. Signups begin at 7. Well, I guess the biggest news of the day is the passing of Senator Dianne Feinstein. At 90, trailblazer, 
This is one of those things where there's plenty of times to talk about politics down the road. You know what? She's a trailblazer for women. She was the first in a lot of her things that she did, the first mayor of her area out in California. So, um, you know, saying it's a shock is is probably an, um, not right because everyone saw her failing health over the past couple of months. But what they put her through, what what they did, and again, I've her her family took power of attorney for her, so she couldn't handle any of her personal stuff. But yet, she was still a member of the Senate. An active member of the Senate, we all saw the video where she really didn't know where she was at times. She did, was confused, and they're telling her how to vote. You really have to blame those around her for how she went out, how how she spent her last, you know, not, not, not in rest, not in a good environment, not doing, I mean, come on. They were manipulating her to the end. She voted yesterday in the Senate. She's on record as a yes vote yesterday, and I don't, I don't know what the bill was, and I don't care what the bill was. The fact that you spent your last hours on earth at 90 years old when you were obviously in the twilight of your life, voting for a bill instead of being with your family, taking care of yourself, doing what you need to do, just shows how tainted politics are. And again, this is, this is both sides. I mean, I could talk about her. I could talk about Mitch McConnell. We could talk about John Fetterman. We could talk about a lot of people here. It's both sides. And I, I've talked about it here before. I don't care how great your job is. What? I mean, don't you want to? Don't you want to take? Don't you want to retire? Don't you want to rest? Don't you want to do what you want to do for at least the last couple of weeks of your life? I just don't see it. Maybe I've never had a type of job where it's like, yeah, I want to do this to the day I die. You know what? I, I want to be a family member to the day I die. I want to be a father to the day I die. I want to be a husband. I want to be a brother. You know, I want to be a grandfather to the day I die. My employment is probably way down on that list. And I like and I love what I do. Don't get me wrong. But just to see, and we all saw firsthand because there were so many questions, them wheeling her around, she really didn't know where she was. Is that how you want to spend the rest of your life? Is that how you want to spend the last minutes of your life? And again, this isn't politics at all because I don't know what she's voting on. It really puts, you know, if you want to add politics in it, it really puts them in a pickle now. I can guarantee you that the Democrat calls for Senator Menendez to step down, stop immediately, because they can't do that now. They don't have the numbers to do that now. So I guarantee you, you won't see Senator Casey, Senator Fetterman, and all the rest of the clan saying Menendez needs to resign. You won't see that anymore because if he resigns, they lose the majority. So watch how politics interjects in this real quickly for them, because everyone was all lockstep saying Senator Menendez needs to step down. But you won't see that anymore, I guarantee you, because they lose the majority if he does. That said, it also puts him in a pickle because she was the, uh, the tying vote in the Senate Judiciary Committee. So as of now, Joe Biden can't push through any judicial nominees that he'd like because they don't have the numbers to do it. It'll be a, a stalemate. So it kind of puts them in a place there for, and, and I'm getting text messages and I know the history of Senator Dianne Feinstein. 
I know, and, and you could put a lot of that on a lot of them. You know, you want to talk about the insider trading. You want to talk about stocks. You want to talk about those. We, this, you, that's everyone. There's a reason why everyone in the Senate, everyone in Congress comes out a lot richer than they were when they went in, and it's not simply because they're $175,000 salary a year. There's plenty of time to talk about that. The issues with uh, some of her staff choices, yes, there's plenty of time to talk about that. But the most egregious thing right now that I can think of is the way they manipulated her and her family and her staff wheeled her around, told her what to say, did her. This woman should have been, if they want to talk about the dignified career she had, they should have let it end it on that dignified note, not what they did to her. And it's exactly what they did to her. Again, she voted yesterday and died a few hours later. So what kind of condition was she in for that vote? You really have to ask yourself those questions. And again, she's just one of a, a group now. Joe Biden being one of them. You have Fetterman, you have Mitch McConnell. There's probably a few more. And if you could think a few, you know, text them into me. Those are the ones that just come off the top of my head. We have to get rid of these career politicians who do decades, more than our lifetimes in, in Congress, only to enrich themselves. Yeah, along the way they were trailblazers, along the way they broke glass ceilings, along the way they did X, Y, and Z. But you know what? Along the way they also became extremely rich, powerful. Which brings us back to what I always say, money and power. It's 322 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It is 326, 65 degrees and cloudy outside. Weekend looks like it's looking up. I'm headed down to Annapolis tomorrow to see uh, some Navy football. Hope you got some football plans worked out for uh, this weekend, either Saturday or Sunday, whatever you like, or for tonight, high school football. It's always a great time a year for, for that. And, uh, I support all of it. So you can call in or text at 570-883-0098. Get involved with the conversation. Text in, call in, see what's on your mind, what you're thinking about with everything that's going on. It appears the uh, the shutdown is now imminent. It's just a matter of if, not when, or for how long. How long being the biggest question. And they're already throwing out the this is what the... This is how we can hurt you the most with this shutdown. This is what we're going to do. The Biden administration, we've seen it where, like I said yesterday, they'll lock out veterans who go to the D.C. memorials to visit their war memorials. Things that don't need to be done, but they do it anyway because they want you to feel the pain. Because that riles you up and it gets you involved in going after either or. And again, it's both of them. There is no one side to blame here. I mean, yes, you can look at the last-minute chess playing that they're doing now as an issue, and I take issue with a lot of it that's going on with the GOP. But this is both sides not doing their job. This is not approving a balanced budget. This is not approving appropriations bills. This is continu dealing, uh, continuing to rely on continuing resolutions, which have been... Now, the status quo. Continuing your resolutions are the way they do business now, and we have to get away from that. And we have to force them to get away from that. And if it takes a shutdown to do that, then I guess we have to deal with that. We have to live through that. And believe me, this affects my family just as much, if not more, than a lot of you out there. You know, I have two active duty service members. So, you know, we're going to see what happens. 
I'm sure I'll hear a lot about it when I'm down in Annapolis this uh, this weekend. You know, hear, hear the the uh, the ins and outs. Uh, I happen to have the privilege I'll be at a tailgate with at least two flag officers, you know, where I'll get their opinion on this. They've lived through many shutdowns. They've lived through sequestration. You know, we, we've lived through sequestration. You know, we saw then where they, you know, they prevented the, the flyovers and all the other things that, that were are huge recruiting tools. So they do these things to punish the public, the taxpayer, that really bites themselves in the butt because it's a... Uh, I'm just looking at uh, I'm just looking at some text messages come in and says while it happens they should lose their pay. Yeah, a lot of them are grandstanding now, saying they're they're writing letters to the whoever handles their pay, saying they won't accept the paycheck. They they get it all retroactively. I mean, everyone gets paid. The per diem people lose out because they don't get paid for the time they're off. Because the, the salaried workers, you know, they get their pay. They'll get their back pay, but your hourly. Part-time workers are just off. Now they can, depending on what's going on, collect unemployment. We know that what that mess is. So, uh, you know, we'll see what goes on there. Let's go to the phones. We have uh, Mike from Bloomsburg on the shutdown. Mike. Yeah, I, I think that the, the Democrats like shutdowns because, it's my opinion, shutdowns benefit them because the way the media plays it, the way they present it to people, and, you know, it comes across as the Republicans – they're the bad guys. They don't want to approve the spending. They won't work the Republican or work with the Democrats. And I think it benefits, you know, at the, at the ballot box, I think it benefits the, uh, the Democrats. But more importantly than that, I think we do not have our eye on the ball. I think the elephant in the room is the federal debt and what that's doing to inflation. I believe that right now the root cause of inflation is uh, government overspending and then borrowing and we're continuing to borrow, and as that causes interest rates to go up, the more money we borrow, the more money we have to pay in interest. And other countries are looking at us, and they say, hey, you know what? I think America's getting weak. I think they, they're not what they used to be, and we're taking a chance by lending them money, so therefore we want a higher rate of return on the money we lend them. And, and I think we're, we're, we're in decline right now. That's my position, and I know that I'll be mocked for saying that. But I honestly think that we, we're getting it all wrong. We're uh, this Millie guy. To me, maybe I'm wrong. I think he was treasonous and a traitor by making the phone call to the leader of China, okay, and saying what he said to him. And they're, they're celebrating him like he's the greatest leader since uh, Dwight Eisenhower, okay? And I, I don't get it. Well, it's because, he, it's, because he took on, it's because he took on Trump, Mike. He, he, he was an anti-Trump guy after the fact, and, and they're, they're going to applaud that. They're going to use that to the extent they do. Now, as far as getting the blame, that's a yes and no. It depends on the situation. Like the last shutdown we, we almost had where the, just a couple months ago where Biden took a hard stance, I'm refusing to negotiate. The, him and the Democrats took the blame for that because off the bat, you know, the, the Republicans passed the bill. They said, hey, we're willing to sit down and talk. I'm, I'm here to talk. And they kept that going. So the Democrats and Biden got the blame for that. And that's why it really never happened. It came to fruition. It was it was the deadline, but it never really happened. We're here. You know, I think the Republicans are going to get the blame because of a they have the media, the, the mainstream media in their pocket to do their bidding. So they're going to spin it any way they want to spin. Where where you hear my talk on it is they're both to blame. They're not passing appropriation bills. They're not passing a balanced budget. They're depending on continuing resolutions, which should be an emergency stopgap, not the status quo. 
Absolutely. And your your assessment by uh, what uh, you said about Biden, he overplayed his hand and that's why uh, they took the blame. But you're absolutely right. They are not doing what's good for America. That's the bottom line, both both the House and the uh, or I mean, the Republicans and the Democrats. That's my position. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. They have not done their job. Like I said, they haven't. They've balanced the budget once in my lifetime, probably your lifetime. And they've depended on 200 continuing resolution since the mid-70s rather than passing appropriations or budget. At least yesterday, they finally passed three appropriations. I think it's got to be nine in total for them to have a complete budget. I believe this country is running on fumes, sir. It is, no doubt, Mike. I appreciate your call. Thanks for checking in. Thank you. Thank you. It is uh, 3.33 here at WILK. It's time for the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 3.39 here in the station. 65 degrees, mostly cloudy outside. We're watching a press conference now where it appears they arrested somebody for the murder of Tupac Shakur in Las Vegas. This has been going on for over a decade now. And um, there was someone who was 96? Oh, or longer than that. Uh, It's uh, someone that they always knew was there said that he was always in the vehicle where the shots came from, was kind of not real specific on, you know, the shots now, but it appears that they've made an arrest in this incident, and uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see where this goes from here because uh, Sean P. Diddy Combs has been uh, implicated to authorities in Las Vegas of as possibly being involved in some manner, either ordering the hit or being involved in that, which is going to cause uh, some issues down the road, especially since the mayor of New York City just gave uh, Sean P. Diddy Combs the key to New York City. So that aged like milk, I guess. But uh, Dwayne Coffey D. Davis has been arrested in the suspicion of the murder of Tupac Shakur back in 1996. And uh, from the notes that I'm getting is allegedly Sean Combs put out a hit on Tupac. Sources in the Las Vegas Police Department are stating they're giving a press conference now. I really can't follow what's going on here. But we know there was a lot of uh, bad blood there. You know, this was after the murder of uh, Biggie Smalls. There was a lot of tension between Tupac and Biggie Smalls, who used to be friends. You had uh, Suge Knight, the gangster wannabe promoter and everything in there that, uh, you know, kind of took was on took Tupac under his wing. And then you had... P. Diddy Combs, Sean Combs, take uh, um, Biggie Smalls under his. So, uh, you know, we'll see where this goes, but the rest has been made. And uh, if if there is valid information that uh, Sean P. Diddy Combs had anything to do with this, this wouldn't be the la- this won't be the last uh, murder in uh, in the upcoming year. I, I've, I had a chat this morning with a couple of friends of mine in uh, re- both retired and currently in the NYPD homicide squad saying that if, if this, if this is true, if there's validity to this and this gets out, expect more because this will not end well for these people. And, and I'm sure if there's any validity to it, that uh, Sean Combs has increased his security detail and is in staying put to wherever he is, because uh, it's going to be interesting how this happens. You know, my, just as I retired, my squad handled the uh, Jam Master J homicide from Run DMC. And thankfully, I was I, it was like a, a few days after I retired. And uh, it was a mess. It was a, a mess. And they just finally, you know, solved that case. And there were 
a dozen witnesses to it. And they looked at the police right in the eye and said, we know who did it. We saw who did it. We ain't going to tell you. And, uh, you know, we had the family there, and the family, as upset as they were, understood that. So uh, we'll see what happens here with this, uh, some breaking news. It happened just before I got on the air, and I'm looking at a press conference now live from Las Vegas with a Lieutenant Jason Johansson from the Las Vegas Police Department Detective Division. So, uh, you know, some interesting news there. For uh, locally here, and real quick, it looks like airport departures here at the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Airport, International Airport, uh, have declined again. Now, the good news, they say, is it's only declined single digits, where the last couple of months it's been double-digit declines. Now, looking at the graph that they showed at this, it looks like American Airlines, which is the biggest carrier out of Wilkes-Barre Scranton Airport, was down 9.5%. United was down 4.7%, but charter flights were up 250%. So in August of 2022, there were 34 charter flights, and in August of 2023, there were 119 charter flights. So we'll see there. And I've talked about it here before. I would love to see long weekend, great destinations for us here in Northeast Pennsylvania. Let's get some Nashville. Let's get some Las Vegas. Let's get some Florida routes. Let's get New England routes. Maybe Niagara Falls. Let's or mix it up. You know, make it seasonal where you go to different places, different times of the year. You know, Myrtle Beach, Savannah, Georgia. These are the these are the destinations that I'd personally love to see coming out of uh, coming out of uh, the Scranton or Wilkes-Barre Scranton. If, if I say it in the reverse, I get yelled at via text message. It's the Wilkes-Barre Scranton International Airport. So hopefully. Uh, Hopefully they, they can encourage some carriers to come in with those routes. I know Allegiant does them from Lehigh Valley Airport. I would rather not drive down a Lehigh Valley Airport. I like flying out of Lehigh Valley. But uh, let's see if we can get it back here. Some good week long weekend destinations. If they get a, week, a long weekend destination Friday to Sunday or Thursday to Sunday from the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Airport to Nashville, I'll be one on the first flight that goes there. And we're going to have a party weekend down in Nashville. Right, Jake? We're going to Nashville? Hell Jake's yeah. In. Jake's in. So we're on the first flight if the board at the airport want to get that rolling. It's uh, 344 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. I'm reading text message, Jake. It says, has Jake given his anti-Make Tomlin rant yet? When should we do the anti-Mike Tomlin rant yet, Jake? <laughs> well, all right. So the Steelers are 2-1. and one. They're traveling to Houston this Sunday. Houston's 1-2, and two, just coming off their first win against the Jaguars. I do feel good about Pittsburgh's chances going into the game, but Mike Tomlin loves to play down to the competition. And I'm not taking anything away from Houston. I think they've got a lot of potential. But no coach has lost more games in NFL history to teams with a losing record than Mike Tomlin. So that's my uh, anti-Tomlin rant of the day. All right. All right. Yeah, I expect to win, but I think it'll be a close game. Great. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm just text messaging a friend of mine who's at the border covering the border now. Jay, can we go to a break now so I can get her on the phone so she can call in live from the border? Yeah, for sure. All right. We're going to go to break now, and I'm going to bring in Janie Tear with the Daily Caller who's down at the border now covering it live. So we'll be back with her. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 3.52. Uh, I'm going to bring in my friend Jenny Tear, who is an investigative immigration reporter for The Daily Caller, who is live down at the border currently right now. And you're in Eagle Pass, correct, Jenny? 
That's correct. Yep. I'm in Eagle Pass, Texas, where we're seeing a surge of migrants coming through the small border town. It's one of the poorest counties uh, in the nation, actually, here. Um, so as you're seeing, um, you know, our footage and, and all of that, you know, it's, it's going to reverberate across the country and to places like New York City, which, you know, in contrast, have a lot of funding and are receiving, you know, more help from the federal administration. And yeah, we're just seeing a huge surge down here. Now, I, I, I've been following you since you got down. You've been down there for two days now? I have been here for three days now. Um, and, you know, every hour we're just seeing hundreds of migrants pour in. Um, the processing center here is over capacity uh, severely. Um, this has already reached a breaking point. Um, and while you're dealing with that, you know, how are these people getting through? You know, maybe some people have questions about that because we're in the state of Texas, which, you know, the governor here has, has deployed resources to try to secure the border, including that concertina wire that he continues to beef up along the borderline there. Um, but what we've seen is, you know, Border Patrol comes and cuts that wire and then the groups come through. So it just is always this constant you see national guard here under state orders putting up more concertina wire and then a group of masses after crossing the river and then border patrol comes and cuts it you have this battle between state and federal right now yeah and you actually have video on your twitter at jenny s tear um right now showing you know the border patrol cutting the concertina wire and fist bumping the migrants as they're coming in um, you also have recently, Gia, just posted where there's police lines now to keep the press out of certain areas from covering this. What's going on with that? Yeah, so, it, you know, it kind of started as we were anticipating a visit yesterday from Elon Musk, and he did come down. Um, they created a police line. Um, we weren't able to uh, go to where we've been in the last few days. Um, and so uh, that's continued. It's gotten worse, actually. And so we've been prevented from seeing the crossings right along the river, from seeing what we showed in our video of the fist bumping, of the cutting of the wire, of all of that, and actually being able to talk with the migrants. Um, we just can barely get a conversation in with them because we're being blocked off. It's all media there, and it's very frustrating when you're trying to report on this issue. Now, when you were down to get close to the river, I saw some video from you asking the migrants where they're coming from, where they're going. What's the situation with that there? Where are they coming from and where are they going? We're seeing mostly Venezuelans come through Eagle Pass right now. Um, they're going all over the country. You know, I've heard a lot of different places. I've heard Tennessee. I've heard Oklahoma. I've heard Kansas. I've heard uh, New York and Chicago. Um, it's not just one place right now. And everyone has family in those places. Everyone that we've talked to, that's the reason that they're going to those places. Um, so, you know, this is the situation. Like I said, it's not going to stay in this county uh, or this town along the border. It's going to go all over the country, as we've already seen. Um, but, you know, it could be New York City uh, is not just the only one, you know, and everyone should kind of be aware of the situation. 
Yeah, and being where based in Scranton, only two hours from from New York City, you know, two hours from Philadelphia. This is Joe Biden's hometown. I keep warning my listeners here that this is going to come here. Sooner or later, the buses are going to start coming here, and they're not going to stop. We've had some flights here in the middle of the night to our local airport. There was a lot of uproar about that, and they've kind of ceased since then. But it's just a matter of time before it is in places like this and, like you say, everywhere else in the nation. Right, exactly. Every time I fly— uh, from the border, even from my hometown of Houston, Texas, I see uh, migrants flying as well with me across the country. And I always talk to them and find out, you know, did you get processed? Did Border Patrol release you? It's always yes. And then you also see another class of migrants, which are the unaccompanied minors flying across the country, which we know, uh, you know, that's something that uh, is cause for concern because uh, thankfully, due to some really diligent reporters at the New York Times, we found out that you know some of these kids end up in some really uh, horrible situations where they're exploited, abused. They are working under dangerous conditions where they are hurt, um, and they're also being trafficked. Um, and these are kids who went through the process of being uh, you know, given to a sponsor that the Department of Health and Homeland Security and, and Human Services, uh, you know, was supposed to vet people that they're handing them off to. And that's just, you know, something we've heard that, you know, maybe that's not being done so well. Yeah. And then we've heard direct from DHS and HHS that 30,000 of these unaccompanied minors are unaccounted for. So they don't even know what situation they're in anymore. Yeah, it's actually even more than that. Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, they can't account for those people in addition to everyone else um, that comes here. There was a recent uh, in, uh, report from the Office of the Inspector General at DHS that found that uh, hundreds and thousands, actually uh, around some uh, 170,000, somewhere around yeah, there. in total, all the migrants, yes. Migrants that they can't find them anymore they're they using the same address them. how are these addresses That's getting right. transported back to getting uh, transponded to these new migrants coming in it, it's 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 extremely troubling what they're allowing mm -hmm. to happen exactly exactly and it's a very like well-organized machine of migrants crossing seeing that border patrol will cut the wire for them they go to an NGO after they're processed by Border Patrol. They know that they'll be able to go to their final destination. It's a pipeline. And then, of course, you hear about, well, where, where's the accounting of all of this? You know, it's Jane, not really. Jenny, I know, I know you're down there now. I know you're going to be down there. You've been down there before. How can they follow you? Because I'm up against a hard break right now at 4 o'clock. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Jenny S. Care, and you can follow the Daily Caller. Real, real quick, is our border secure down there? Right now, it's not. Border Patrol is not on the front lines. All right. I thanks you, Thank you so much for calling in and giving us a live report from Eagle Pass, Texas. Thank you, Jenny. Thanks. And that's it. You got it firsthand. It's Rob O'Donnell.